Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Daily. I am your co-host, Chris, a.k.a. Necronominoms. And I'm Beck. Hello, Beck. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. It's pretty good. Can't complain. How are you? I am doing okay, uh, I'd say. A lot of stuff going on, okay. but I'm doing all right. Did you have to deal with any snow this week? Uh, I did at the beginning of the week, but now it's melting because weather is nonsense. Uh, probably because of the polar ice caps melting thing. Something <laughs> yeah, to do with that, like, I think. Like, I didn't even like leave the house when it was snowing here for so long. Like today, like today was the first day I even like dug out my like driveway. Like I did the sidewalk on the day it snowed and that was it. But then today was the first day I went, I'm going to go outside. And then I just spent 20 to 30 minutes digging out my driveway and that was it. You know, I usually feel bad for not doing the driveway as much as I should. So that makes me feel better. Well, it's your driveway. Like you're the only one driving and I like you and your like wife. But like the sidewalk, if you're not doing your sidewalk, you should probably feel bad about that. Yeah, I guess. Anywho, uh, anything you've been playing this week? uh yeah i've been playing like some apex legends i like recently bought the battle pass for that like which which is really late but they had this event where it was like very uh aquatic based and i and, and there was a skin i liked so and i didn't have enough currency to craft the skin so i'm like okay buy the battle pass i already have enough of the paid currency to just buy it and it pretty much refunds me so i, I played a good bit of apex uh but that's about it what about you i've been uh mostly i've been playing more of the doom eternal probably gonna finish it this weekend i haven't been playing as much as i should have it's not very long game doom isn't known for super long games right right how how, how many hours are you into it i should be probably about four or five hours i think uh like i said i haven't been playing a whole lot so i mostly get to play on the weekends Mm-hmm. And you said you're almost done with it? I, I don't know for sure. I'd assume that I'm probably... the Doom 2016 wasn't that long, if I recall. I think I maybe had, like, no more than 15 hours into it. So mm-hmm. uh, I would say, like, as long as I'm actually pushing through, and uh, depending on how many collectibles I go for, I could probably push through it pretty fast. Okay. Well, good luck to you. Oh, thank you. Anywho, let's uh, get into the news then, shall we? Yeah. Uh, top of the news list is AGDQ, Awesome Games Done Quick. Yeah, so for people who don't know, this is a speedrunning event where that they do at the start of January. It started on the 11th, I believe. Oh, no, it was the 10th. No, 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 the 9th. <laughs> <laughs> and... Geez, I just I just keep backtracking, and it, and it went the whole way till the sixteenth. Essentially, it ended at this like at like two a.m. on the sixteenth. Yeah, like Sunday and, morning. Um, yeah, um, and they just speed run pretty much any game you can think of. Someone speed running it. Um, it's mostly a lot of retro games, even some newer stuff too. But like, if you've never like heard of speed running, it's just people playing games very fast. <laughs> <laughs> pretty and, much. Uh, it, yeah, and the whole time they're doing the event, they are getting donations, and the donations go to cancer research, or some years it's uh, Doctors Without Borders, 
which is like doctors helping people in other countries that need help. It's a pretty cool event. Yeah, it's an awesome event for charity. Uh, really helps out. Uh, did really well this year. Uh, they actually broke their personal record for money raised. They yeah, raised yeah. $3 million or $3,416,970 yeah. to be exact. Yeah. Yeah, that's that that's a record because I think the previous year it was like it was it like two point eight million I think, which is still a lot, but like they were they were hitting the they got to a million with like the fastest they ever did before, and I I don't know why to be honest like people were just came out donating. It is crazy to me because I'm I'm no economist, but I feel like around now isn't a great time for normal people economically. Yeah. So it is kind of crazy that even in that environment, they can still earn that much money. Yeah. I mean, I guess last year, like it was like 2021. So COVID was already like a year. We were already gone through a year of COVID. And people still made donated two point eight million. So like, I don't know, people are out there, man. Yeah. And the the thing is, is like the AGDQ is just for January. They do another event, I think, in the middle of summer. It's just called it. It's games done quick, but for summer, summer games done quick. So SGDQ, and they do the donations again, and they'll still make a couple million. So people people were just still generous even during a pandemic <laughs> yeah it's really good to hear um aside from that lots of cool stuff uh there were some records broken uh one in particular that i think everyone got a kick out of the one that's most notable was uh sonic the hedgehog 4 episode 2 co-op uh we had one fellow in a sonic cosplay or like a cheap sonic costume uh and another one uh, was a VTuber, and they together took the uh, world record for uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 4 Episode 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty impressive, I guess. I mean, uh, there it's was... Very, it, it's different, because, like, you don't normally get people dressing in, like, full cosplays, and, like, I don't know if it was this year or last year, but this is the first year we're seeing VTubers, which is different. <laughs> yeah, it's it's become more popular and I could understand maybe wanting to do that uh especially on that sort of stage. So, yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're going to be online anyways, make the best of it. Yeah, might as well. Like I, I like normally games done quick for people who don't know is at a convention center and it's just a convention where they just so happen to also be speedrunning games and you can sit in the crowd and watch, but these past few years obviously due to the pandemic it's just been strictly online. So, yeah, might as well be. If you're a VTuber already, might as well do it. <laughs> yeah, the online uh, aspect does lead to a few technical difficulties. I don't know uh, if you caught any of those. Uh, there are there are sometimes technical difficulties in a live setting, but uh, it especially happens more with the online because you have... Uh, issues between uh the person running the speed run and gdq but you can also have issues with the gdq stream going to twitch so multiple ways there was one notable one which we're going to talk about this run later but they were doing an interview for uh the sekiro blindfolded run 
And uh, when I was watching that, it cut out out of nowhere. Uh, the interviewer, Jay Hobbs, uh, froze. And then we were just waiting. And then the screen turned off and then it turned back. And all of a sudden it was not Jay Hobbs anymore. It was uh, Spike Vegeta, uh, <laughs> another host. And he just started asking the question again, like nothing had happened. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and that was the funniest thing. That was one of the most hilarious highlights for me. Uh, that They made jokes after like, oh, hey, Jay Hobbs. But like just the the transition, just the okay. seamless yeah. transition itself was funny enough for me. Yeah, those two hosts are like best friends. They participate in speedrun together outside of the game, the, the events all the time. So it's great that it was, it was those two. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Well, other technical difficulties can also happen. Just like, like, like you said, like there's multiple people trying to use their own internet and stream it to games done quick, and then they're streaming it out on Twitch. Um, there was one I was watching, and they blamed the person's computer for it. It was Psychonauts Two, where the game was running very choppy. Like I'm not saying like the frame rate was like thirty frames or something. I'm saying it was like dipping to like. 10 to 30 to 20 to like 50 like it was dipping and like i remember everyone in chat being like is the game supposed to look like this and i was like no and <laughs> i ended up just um pausing it during a boss fight surprisingly and he they came back and he they just said um it was the streaming software and everything was causing his computer to overheat and uh, like you don't get that stuff in a live environment i mean in, in a in person and environment because like it's games on quicks own consoles and everything like they're and, and pcs so like they're in more control of that and that's less likely to happen right yeah no uh still went all right though i don't think there was anything major where it ruined anything it was just uh and plus i mean they do take it kind of seriously like the speedrunners do want to put on a good show but this is for charity Everyone understands this is a marathon setting and it is for charity. So it's not like going to ruin their lives if a uh, run kind of messes up because of these difficulties. So it's all in good fun. And chat usually has a laugh about it. Uh, yeah. So I don't think there were any problems that kind of ruined the whole thing for anyone. No, no, I don't think there was like the, like you said, they, you know, they just have they just roll a screen back. They'll fix it and they'll come back in like a minute or so and it's all fixed. Um a lot of this event though is like the like the main big thing for speedrunners. Like this is considered going big for like speedrunners. So whenever you get your run accepted, they're they're like, okay, you're in. This is the big time. So like they want to want it to go well without any hitches for sure. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, uh... There are a couple there are a few runs I want to talk about. Um just uh highlighting a couple things like the blindfolded runs I think are amazing. Want to talk a little bit about those. We had it looked like two blindfolded runs. Uh correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't see any other ones. I believe there was only two. Uh what were the two? Was it Sekiro and what else? Uh it was Sekiro and it was Metal Gear Solid 2 Substance. Uh those were the two main ones uh metal gear solid 2 came first that was by apache smash he cleared that in uh 10 minutes and 26 seconds it was estimated to go for 15 minutes so he went under on time there uh that's just the the 15 minutes uh those are just estimations that's just what they tell gdq they think they can run it by they i think they usually kind of highball it 
Uh, and yes, they they always highball it a little bit. Like they, they the, the the runner has their estimation of like what their person their their PB their personal best is, and then they just highball it a little bit just for like oh you messed up a glitch. A lot of speed runs rely on glitches, not all of them, uh, or maybe just something <laughs> that didn't happen before happens, which is a joke in that community, and that that just happens. So they kind of highball it, right. Uh, the other game, which I think was arguably far more impressive, was Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Uh, this crazy. Yeah, crazy. this game is known for being difficult. It's a From Software game, uh, you know, in the same vein of like Dark Souls and Bloodborne and stuff like that. So you come out of the gate expecting it to be difficult. There were a lot of people that donated during the run just expressing their surprise, saying, I couldn't even beat this game without a blindfold on and you're just crushing it. Uh, yeah, it was ridiculous. Like he was using like like sonar, like echolocation to like hit walls, hear the enemies, and then just react to it. And he even did bosses like some bosses without even getting hit, which is exactly impressive. like some fights. He just had would just have to take the hit, and well, it's in the name of the game, Shadows Die Twice. If you die in Sekiro, you can get back up once. And like he just would have to take the L on some fights, but then there's other fights that like are just incredibly hard like kanichiro which is like the first big hurdle in the game like crazy hurdle and he, he did that whole fight without being hit once he crushed that is, yeah he crushed it like i i know when I, when I did that fight it was like 40 tries or something i, I looked like i was trash at the game <laughs> yeah they uh he had trouble with the charging bull boss uh or i don't remember if it was called the charging bull uh yeah. so I hadn't actually played the game, so I'm only sort of familiar with it. But yeah, he had trouble with that boss, and they said that they expected that because it's such a wild boss, and the cues are kind of weird because it's just the audio cues are kind of random because it's just him like trampling stuff, so it kind of all sounds the same. Uh, yeah, I don't. Did you say that he came in like what the estimate was for it? Yeah, so uh, the estimate was two hours and forty five minutes was his estimate, and they said explicitly that that boss was going to be the biggest hurdle for him. Uh, and, uh, I can't remember exactly how many, I think it was like four or five maybe tries. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he, he did get through it. Uh, so he, he did fine. He got it on like the one where he's like, okay, here's the final try. Like, and the reason I was bringing up the estimate is he finished it 45 minutes underestimate. Absolutely. Very typically for these speed runs, they don't come in like that far underestimate like that. Like normally they're like within 10 to 20 minutes of their estimate, maybe. Right. But, like, 45 minutes is crazy. And the reason they gave him so much leeway with it is because they were expecting to have these problems because, you know, you're wearing a blindfold. And he even said how, how they have, like, um, saves already ready for whenever, like, it just isn't happening. Mm -hmm. And, they, they like, the, the bull one where they were just like, oh, if I just can't do it this time, I have a save ready for, like, directly after the fight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, was there a favorite boss from that run that you liked watching? Um, they ended up doing the easy fight, the easy finish for the game, which is the bad ending of the game, where you're essentially the bad guy. <laughs> right. And that's a lot faster of an end. I wish they did the hard mode version, but it would have made the run like twice as long. Right. Um, but it was probably just the Genichiro one, seeing him just no hit, just not get hit. It's just so impressive. Uh, and just in general, him just like going up to a wall and hitting it and using like echolocation was also pretty ridiculous to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think my favorite boss, uh, it was the Guardian Ape. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
just the strategy for it being to just eat as many consumables as you can and just brute force it that was hilarious to me that's crazy because <laughs> like even when you were, if, you, if it's your first time playing the game like even if you tried that on your own you would still die <laughs> like it's yeah there's it's still a method that... to it he's not just like necessarily like mashing buttons after consumables yeah. it's like there is a method to it but just how it looks to me was hilarious yeah but like in secular there's even this um whenever you go to like parry and dodge like there is like an indicator of the enemy's head i believe and um it makes a sound and i believe he was using that to like perfectly dodge and do stuff a lot for some certain fights so yeah he used a lot of uh parries um or repost or whatever they're called in that game it was a lot of counters yeah you have to pretty much do that in a game like dark souls has the same thing where like you can repost and parry and you can kill people that will kill bosses that way and enemies but like in sekiro like that is generally your main way of taking down bosses you really don't want to just take out all their health you want to break their you want to fill up their bar essentially and if you fill up their bar you can just take off a whole bar of health off of them right all right well uh the only other thing for uh gdq is i kind of wanted to gauge any of your personal favorite runs if you had any uh yeah we can go back and forth on this i the first one was one i didn't i never i heard of it but i never saw it it was called webbed it was like an indie game and you're just like this little spider lady like a literal like little spider (laughs) Uh who's just trying to rescue her boyfriend from a big bird who like was gonna be eaten and you're you just kind of like web sling it's like a platformer across like a forest and an anthill and like a bee's nest and then you go up into like the space like it's a really cool game it was really cute uh i really like that game and like this is the it just kind of shows like another aspect of games done quick is like they show off these games they present them and it gets people interested in buying them like that 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 was a game that wasn't exactly on my radar and i just enjoyed the presentation of it and then speed around i'm like yeah that web slinging is fun <laughs> right yeah i think that's a strong aspect of games on click too because even for me like for example we just talked about sekiro and i'm like i didn't play that game i want to play it now like just watching that two-hour run i was like now i want to get this game uh, for sure and it's does a good job of showcasing uh each game and like what's good about it what's fun about it why you might like it yeah what was one what, what was one of your favorites uh one of my favorites would be uh ori in the blind forest uh i played that game myself uh i really enjoyed it i love that game it's got a good artwork uh good story great music just it felt like a very good game and just watching it uh there were some glitches in it, but it was mostly just like really cool, like text. Like they just moved really fast through the world using, uh, using their abilities, and it looked really fast and really cool. Uh, yeah, Gory is really. It's a clean run. Like they they've they've got that one polished to a T. It's fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. You got um, another one for us? Yeah, another one. I liked this. Was one I have played and being uh near automata uh i just enjoyed the similar to the ori one where i just really enjoyed their tech that they used their movement tech like they at some point in the game like you normally start the game with like a sword like a katana essentially and they got a spear and they used this like 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 spinning this 
spear to like move fast and i enjoyed seeing that tech it's not something i thought of whenever i played it but like seeing them move through the world with this like speed tech was really cool uh and it's near automata if you've ever heard of that game or seen it it's it's a joy to watch oh boy <laughs> yeah. yeah uh what's what what's another one you had uh the other one i had would be uh like kingdom hearts 2 uh they did uh the final mix uh pc version they did a co-op randomizer race i had never actually seen a randomizer race before like i've been watching uh since i started watching gdq i've only been watching it for like a year or two now uh i've been trying to catch the kingdom hearts runs uh a big reason is i don't know uh as much as i think i know about kingdom hearts i played it when i was i originally played it when i was uh around like 12 years old and back then i didn't know a lot about uh rpgs in general but especially that game like they don't always show you everything or tell you everything about the game so uh, watching these runs and watching this run in particular taught me things I didn't know. The In uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, there are special forms called drive forms. And the three main ones that you just flat out get eventually are Valor Form, which is like a melee form, Wisdom Form, which is like a magic form, and then Limit Form, which is for uh, your... Like, uh, it's like a special form for uh, reactions and stuff like that uh, in the game. Is Limit... The, is it Yellow? Uh, I believe Limit was like uh like more along the lines of like Sora's clothing, original clothing. Like it's, it was a uh, like his own thing, if okay. I recall. Yeah, each of these forms has a different like color to it. Yeah. Um, the the melee one's red, the the magic one is blue. Uh, uh there's there's one that's yellow, which is just a combination between the two. Right. There's one that's white. And there's another one too. I mean, Limit might be the yellow one. This is kind of what I'm getting at. I actually don't know a lot of the stuff about it because there are two other forms beyond those three. Yeah. Uh, one of them is Final Form, which is the white one you were talking about. And mm -hmm. the other one is Anti-Form, which I also didn't know about. You're a Heartless. You're a Heartless. Uh, yep. Because Sora, spoiler alert, if you haven't played Kingdom Hearts 1, he does turn into a Heartless at some point. Uh and you do find out more about that later. It's a whole Kingdom Hearts story. I want to go into Kingdom Hearts story one day, Beck. I want to just do a, <laughs> an episode of the podcast where we go into the Kingdom Hearts uh, entire story. And then another one where we go into the Metal Gear Solid story. Let's, let's not do Metal Gear Solid. I'll do <laughs> Kingdom Hearts before that. Uh, yeah, I know whenever I played the game as a kid, I was in the one where like you're in old Mickey world or whatever. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like steamboat willy it's like it's that world yeah and i accidentally got to that heartless form and i was like what is going on and it's it's a really cool form you you i think you had to accident did they say how you get into it yeah so i actually looked it up afterwards too it is an accidental thing apparently there's a quote-unquote point system in the game where uh doing certain things gets you uh more points towards turning into it so it is sort of a random thing uh so there is a chance you might not turn into it um there's also a random chance you go into final form, too. Uh, I think it's based on uh, how often you go into that uh, anti-form. Uh, or if you do go into anti-form, then you have a chance to turn into final form, is what they said in the run. Other thing I didn't know, uh, experience gained through each form uh, is a different thing. Valor form, you get it from melee. Wisdom form, you get it from uh, killing heartless. Oh. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, you killing Heartless. Final form, you level up by killing nobodies. Uh, anti-form is that random chance that doesn't level up at all. And then uh, limit form, you get uh, experience through killing things via the reaction commands, the quick the quick time events. Well, I didn't yeah, know I any of that. I don't think I knew that either. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, and um, another a unique unique thing about this race is it was a randomizer, so it's a modded version of Kingdom Hearts, and essentially it's modded to the point where like you do not do things in order. Items aren't where they normally should be, nor the keyblades. So you don't exactly end up doing this game linearly. But and if you've played Kingdom Hearts, you know there's certain things you need to do to go from world to world. Uh, it's randomizing to the point where like you won't ever get completely stuck on one world. There's always something to help you progress. And randomizers are really joy to watch. I I actually watched this randomizer a few times. Like I watched these speedrunners, Blake Vegeta and J-Hob. So I watched them do it a few times. Yeah. And I mean, it just gets to why I enjoy watching some of these things because I learn things that I didn't know. And that's part of what speedrunners do is they get into the mechanics to figure out how things work. And then when you're watching them, you're getting someone explaining to you how those things work. And that's really cool. Uh, there's yeah, things you don't know about crazy. these games. Yeah, I love it. I love it when people tell me like the ins and outs of like these games and you just learn things you haven't known, known before and you can even apply them yourself. And it's really fun. It's a joy. <laughs> yeah. Um, what for runs did I like? Oh, okay. Uh, another one that I liked was, the, and I think this one was one of the more impactful ones, is the Pokemon Crystal Key Item Randomizer. Now, this is another randomizer. Yeah. It's randomized in the same sense that Kingdom Hearts is, except um, the items are randomized. And I, th I think the Pokemon were still... In their normal places, I can't. No, even the Pokemon were randomized too, and they had a random starter, which was really cool. Which is which is great. Like I'm sure we you've done a randomizer yourself before, right, Chris? I have messed with the randomizer before. Yeah, I haven't completed a run, but I messed with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of, it's really cool. It's different, like because Pokemon games are normally pretty linear. You're like, I know where I can find this Pokemon here, here, and here. I know where this item is. I know where to get HT, TM, and HM. No, those are all randomized. Like you might go up to a, a person who normally gives you like a Pokeball, but instead of getting a Pokeball, they might just give you a gym badge, <laughs> which is <laughs> really cool. And and the point of this run wasn't to get all the gym badges, uh, since it was in Crystal, so Silver and Gold era, you had to get all the badges, which means you get all of them from Johto and Kanto. So sixteen badges, and then you beat Red at the end. Okay, which is crazy because Red has very high level Pokemon. Right, but they're randomized. But why this um run was really cool, outside of the fact that I just love Pokemon randomizers, and who does it these days, was that one of the runners had a distaste for a certain Pokemon, and it was Bulbasaur. <laughs> and you know, if you, <laughs> if you if you love Pokemon, you 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 love your original stars. You like your Squirtle, your Bulbasaur, and your Charmander. But he did not like Bulbasaur, and the reason why is because Bulbasaur was not good for speed running uh blue and red i believe like he was just bad for the speed run so he's like no nah, i hate bulbasaur and he said that during the stream and like the, the people the watchers took that negatively and they're like <laughs> and the, they, people started donating they're like can i get a sorry for for my boy bulbasaur and it was um it was uh shenanigans was the runner it was shenanigans 360 chrism 
and keys are on it was a race between the three of them and but shenanigans was the one who who like said the negative thing about Bulbasaur and they're like well he's like I'll have a written apology if we can get this much money and it was like 900,000 on that day or something like that I believe this was on the 12th so it was a few days in he's like if we can reach this much money by the end of the run I'll have a written apology for Bulbasaur <laughs> and people just started donating like crazy for people already donated like for crazy like crazy for Pokemon games already because it's Pokemon everybody loves Pokemon or well, not everybody but most people do yeah um but what was funny is that like during the run like they ended up like in the in the like HUD or the UI for the game GDQ they ended up putting up a picture of Bulbasaur right next to him the whole run <laughs> um, and they put one of his his emotes from his Twitch uh, onto it, which was his face, and they put it over Bulbasaur <laughs> next to his face, which is hilarious. And he's like, "Oh, what did they do?" And he was so embarrassed. And then, funnily enough, he ended up finishing last in the speed run. And they did hit the the the, the like quota, like they donated so much that they actually got to what he said. So he ended up having a written apology during the event. And it was just really, it was like, dearest Bulbasaur, I am sorry. Like, it was a whole, like, paragraph. They <laughs> added like, that. I, I do remember this. They added it to the credits, too, for uh, yeah, GDQ. Yeah, and they made that little Bulbasaur with his face on it an yeah. uh, emote that you can have. So, like, if you ever uh, subscribe to GDQ, you have that as an emote, which is funny. <laughs> that is and hilarious. I, I thought that race was very impactful because that that was like something like i don't think there's ever like i've been watching gdq for i believe like 10 years now i think maybe nine um and i don't think there's ever been anything where like they made the runner like <laughs> apologize for dissing a pokemon and well but bulbasaur is the best boy right like i don't i think there is like a universal love for bulbasaur not necessarily as like a competitive pokemon but as like a as a creature like um like the hmm. anime version of Bulbasaur, you know? I think people love that he's like number one, like number one as in a Pokemon. He, he's literally number one in the in the Pokédex. Um, yeah. But I think people prefer Bulbasaur and Charmander more than... Yeah, Bulbasaur, Squirtle and Charmander more than Bulbasaur. I mean, yeah, as far as like whenever you're playing the game, I personally would prefer either Bulbasaur or Squirtle over charmander personally uh yeah but i'm saying generally speaking like if you asked like people who liked pokemon if who they preferred out of the three starters just in general i think most people would pick squirtle or charmander yeah that's fair because charmander turns into a dragon but not a dragon type right <laughs> and people like that and squirtle's cool but bulbasaur squirtle is squad a, yeah a squirtle squad but bulbasaur's like a plant dinosaur i don't know he's cute they're all good they're all great just, he's he's a little cute. bit like he's quadruped so he's kind of like the closest to a dog i think if you had to <laughs> choose between the three <laughs> this one looks like a dog pick it i <laughs> mean dogs dogs are good good they're good dogs and people like that and i think that's why they like bulbasaur just as a pokemon i don't know that's my that's my theory we don't have oh, wow. to we don't have to get into this. I mean, this is a whole other thing. Uh, okay, we could move uh, on. Did you have any other runs you liked? Oh, God. Personal uh, favorites. I have a few more. 
I watched, uh, I did watch uh, the Stardew Valley run really fun because that's just an example of just breaking the game, just mm-hmm. absolutely destroying it. Uh, it lasted, I think that one was about 17 minutes, uh, that run. Uh, um, how did they break it? So the main thing they used was actually a glitch that I knew about. Uh, it was that they uh, have this thing in the game where the dialogue has within it uh, this hidden thing where uh, the way that you get items often is through dialogue with other people and hidden inside of that dialogue is these special codes that are the ID codes for the item. So what you can do is you can name yourself uh, basically that item ID code and whenever the person says the name, you get the ID code or you get the item that's associated with it weird yeah (laughs) it's really weird weird, but it it does its job i think what happened specifically in this run was that he used the chinese uh language which is a common thing uh with speed runs in general they will often pick other uh yeah they'll pick chinese or japanese because they they have a character their characters end up coming up shorter but in this case it was to abuse a glitch right so in this case it was specifically because uh i believe he was allowed to name himself uh with more numbers and stuff and in the uh english version you would only have so many characters and something about the chinese version let him use uh regular numbers to make more items so he would be have like just his uh inventory full basically every time he would talk to someone uh and would just have all the items he needed uh the run that they were going for in sardew valley specifically was to rebuild the community center uh, so they uh, rebuilt the community center. Uh, if you've ever, if you've never played, basically there's just a spot where uh, in the game they want you to bring a bunch of items that you collect to help uh, make this building into uh, like uh, like fix the building up, and then that's what they considered finished for this. Okay. Yeah. Um, for people who don't know, uh, in speedruns you can it's called if you're playing a 100% or glitchless or whatever, some runs do allow glitches and bug use, bug uh, uses. So like, yeah, that that bug or glitch is perfectly allowed in a speed run if it's as long as it's a percent version of it that they allow. So this would not be a glitchless run per se. Right. Uh, the other glitch, main glitch he used was uh, towards the end, he used a glitch that allowed him to move around while a cutscene was going, which I believe allowed him to uh, just kind of get around without having to wait for the cutscene to finish. Uh, yeah. It was it was pretty good. I mean, it's a very short run, and it's just a pretty prime example of how you can destroy a game in order to get through it very quickly. For sure. Um. A run that I liked was for Slay the Spire. Uh, oh yeah. What I what I liked about it was that he beat it four times. <laughs> uh, he so in, in Slay the Spire's four characters, and it's it's a it's a roguelike uh, deck builder game, and he, he each character took him about eight minutes to get to the end with. Um, he, and, and on this his save file, all that was on it was one win. And I guess that was a requirement for them to have like all the characters, I think, or to set it up, set the skip up that they were going to do. Or no, no, they, they didn't do any skips. They were setting up. Well, they did do skips, but they were setting up a certain um, 
path within the RNG of the game. And okay. um, the main thing I liked about it, though, outside of them just beating it really quick and uh, and he was still playing randomized seeds. Like there wasn't a set seed that he was playing, and a, and a seed is like in a, in a game that's randomized is the specific randomized code to generate that world specifically. They're using randomized seeds every time. And um, what I liked is in Slate Spire, you can get better items in the game by getting curses. And they revealed an interesting mechanic is that whenever you go to get these items and get the curses along with it, the curses are added to your deck. Well, when the curses are added to your deck, there's an animation that plays. It's like they, it's, it's like this animation of like a, the, the cards like floating into your deck. Well, you can outrun that animation. So you never you get the items and you never get the curses. <laughs> so so you just as soon as you pick up the items, you usually just go to the next area and they just the card the animation starts to play, but it doesn't finish. So you just they just fizzle and you get the cool items, but not the curses. And that was a thing they did in all of the runs, all, all four of the runs there. And I thought that was really cool. And towards the end of each boss fight, they did like some interesting glitches to either skip the boss outright by doing some menuing or just destroying the boss completely because he they just optimized the build so well and i thought that was really cool <laughs> yeah absolutely uh did you have any other ones i have a few more i don't think i watched as much as you so i don't actually have any more right now i watched honestly. the whole event. uh another one <laughs> i think you did watch this one more or less just inspired me to play it was hades oh i did watch the hades run you're right yeah no, I, yeah. I, that was a very interesting one to me, too. Just that's another one where there's not a whole lot of glitching or anything. It's just going through it and doing real good. Yeah, which is really interesting because normally in speedruns, they'll do this like some kind of tech to move faster. Like I said, in the near Tomato one, they did like a spear thingy to like jolt themselves forward real fast. Um, and like some platforms, you might do this weird like tech where you like jump backwards really fast or some weird combination of button presses to just move fast but in hades there's no glitches there's no bugs they're just doing really well at the game and i really appreciate that because like if you ever played hades you're already like timed by the time you finish a run like you have your time right there and you're always trying to do a little better so it's just do good and I, I liked that yeah that was just the epitome of get good kid that was just yeah and through it no problem hades is, an, is another run where they beat it multiple times um how many weapons is there? Six? I believe there are six. Is it six? Yeah. So they beat it six times. And each run was like, what, eight minutes, ten minutes, something like that. Yeah, it wasn't too long at all. Uh, they yeah. got through it real quick. Yeah, that race was specifically an all-weapons run where they just beat it multiple times. That was just enjoyable watch, and that game was brilliant. Yeah, the game was modded a little bit, uh, particularly just to tamp down some of the rng that wouldn't be fair so like they made it to where uh the second seder room if you've ever played hades uh the room before the last boss uh is a random chance of getting the room you need so they just make it the second room and yeah. uh i can't remember there was another one yeah uh, they, something about the boons right yeah with, with the daedalus hammer uh, they made it so that certain weapons, it was guaranteed to be the Daedalus Hammer was the first pickup you got, and the hammer didn't give you random upgrades. It was a specific one that was perfectly ideal for the speedrun. Uh, they only did that for, like, two or three weapons. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's also to tamp down. Like, there, there's a fair bit of RNG in Hades, so 
just trying yep. to make the RNG a bit more fair to the because it was a race. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another run that I thought was interesting that they broke a record for was Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, which is actually a board game, but it's also on Steam. I thought that one run was enjoyable because the guy did a hundred modules of it, which each little module is like its own little mini game in itself. And normally you play this with other people. And as you're deciphering these little modules, the other players would normally help you in deciphering it. But in, in a single player speed run, you, you look at the book yourself to decipher it. And then you yourself solve it, which is really cool. Uh, he broke the record for that specific, uh, module which i thought was interesting like a game you're meant to play with other people it's called the centurion it's 100 modules yeah yeah it broke the world record for that which i don't know how many people do that but it was all mod mod modded modules themselves so they didn't make a big deal out of it but it was it was a thing yeah uh, i mean it was particularly impressive just the amount and just because like you said you do need you do usually use other people the idea is that you're playing the game and there's someone off to the side reading a book or a pdf uh yeah. with like the instructions for how each module works yep yeah i just thought that was a really interesting one uh and something that this is only interesting to people who watch like games done quick frequently or at least watch sgdq or agdq for the years uh they didn't end with a, with a metroid game normally they end with super metroid and they do like killer save the animals which is a little event at the end when you're when you're beating the game you save some extra time by killing the animals which is just skipping a room at the end or right. releasing the animals which is saving them and you see them fly off it's like literally a pixel at the end um <laughs> instead they did metal gear solid just the first metal gear solid not just metal gear and they did that for the finale which was different it was a great run and everything but it was just it was diff different yeah there were uh there is a little bit of emphasis on Metal Gear Solid, it felt like. It didn't necessarily feel like that in the sense that there was, like, a bunch of, like, games, but there was something about, like, uh, some of the people uh, donating and stuff where, like, people seemed excited for those runs. Yeah. To me, at least. Yeah, I, I don't know. That that was... There was only two Metal Gear Solid games, I think. Yeah, one and two. I mean, it is, like, a game that is very memed on like there, there's a lot of memes about metal gear solid yeah uh, yeah so, so like, it, it has got, a lot of character yeah it has a lot of character it was just different yeah. for, for me personally since i watch it a lot like the, the save kill the animal thingy is like a constant thing in games done quick where like throughout the whole week that they run these games they're they're all they're constantly donating towards should these speedrunners kill or save the animals to save a few pixels and or they'll save, save some pixels and save about two minutes, I think, at the end of their run. And it's just, like, a fun thing to donate towards, which yeah, I guess they don't do as much anymore. Right. Yeah, uh, I think that's all I have. Yeah. All right, well, I think that's uh, pretty good. Um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty good time. Uh, AGDQ, uh, looking forward to SGDQ, Summer Games. Uh, later this year uh, it's always fun to watch and it's for a good cause so looking forward to the next one yeah uh i don't know when summer games done quick will be i can only say it's during the summer yeah that's a safe bet <laughs>
Uh, we can uh, go ahead and move on. We have a few. Uh, I kind of collected some smaller stories. I know uh, AGDQ was going to be a lot to talk about because there was a lot going on. It was a whole week of stuff. So I kind of wanted to just like collect a few smaller stories that aren't as impactful, just more, you know, news. Just here's some cool things that happened this week. Uh, So I kind of collected a few things and we can go ahead and uh, share our comments on them. Uh, First off is Call of Duty. Uh, Beck. Yeah. You like uh, you like Attack on Titan? It's fine. Yeah, it's that, great. Is that it's an great. anime you've seen? It's got a banger opener. It's, it's a cool anime. It's going to yeah. end soon. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, how, do, how do you feel about Call of Duty? Uh, I used to play it whenever I was a young teen, and then I tried playing Warzone, and I accidentally uninstalled it after playing it two times. Fair. Uh, would you be inclined to play it again if you could pretend to be Levi? What? No. <laughs> then this is not for you because attack on titan is having a crossover with call of duty uh specifically for warzone pacific and vanguard there will be several uh attack on titan or attack on titan-esque skins and other collectibles in these games uh as part of a crossover event this is going to be available starting the 20th uh that's this thursday so if you're interested, here's a few of the things we've got. Mainly, like I said, there's the Survey Corps skin for the operator Daniel Yatsu. Uh, this is modeled after Levi. So if you want to be Levi, you can. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we also got some weapon blueprints for the Historia SMG, the Ymir Curse AR, and the Titan Piercer Dual Swords. Do you recognize any of those? The swords are like the general swords that they use throughout the like anime, like the, the they're the blades that they have. Yeah, it's hard to not see them if you've watched Attack on Titan. Like guns, I guess I feel like weren't really used that much because they were ineffective. But ah, this is so random. Who is this for? <laughs> like, I guess I could be happy and say, I guess this isn't Fortnite. I guess. Uh, Fortnite gets every crossover. (laughs) Right. Uh, Secret Keeper Key Charm. I'm assuming that's a weapon charm. Uh, It's a a key, I assume, that has some significance. I haven't seen the... I've seen, like, a couple episodes, but I haven't really watched it. What? It's the key to the cellar. Sure. (laughs) Okay. One Hot Potato Sticker. I'm assuming that's because of the chick that likes potatoes. Yep. Uh, we got the Wings of Freedom emblem. That's just the the emblem on their jackets or whatever the, the core emblem. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then there's finishing. There's a finishing move uh, that presumably looks like you're in an anime. Uh, there is also two Vanguard exclusives. These are the Ultra Hard Steel MVP highlight and the Vertical Maneuver highlight intro. I'm assuming Vertical Maneuver involves you uh, zip lining in on the the 3D thing the movement the the, uh, the things yeah i i would suppose so uh i did watch some of the like i saw the steel cut finishing move it looks dumb to me uh especially dumb. especially in the in the like the cosplay to me like like the cosplay the skin for like the the levi skin looks out of place to me uh 
in a similar in an almost similar way to how the Fortnite skins are out of place where it's just yeah. like that's not the colors that are involved like I, I know like brown is kind of involved in call of duty but like i don't know it looks out of place to me and especially doing like anime moves and stuff just isn't right to me i don't know really weird i don't know exactly who the fan base of call of duty is but i don't know how many of them i know attack on titan is like a general anime that like most people have seen or heard of it's so it appeals to like it's like a, it's got appeal to like a lot of people but this is weird this it's is like weird. they had to pick like something gritty that like could sort of yeah. fit into call of duty and then like go off of that and they just wanted an anime crossover and that's how they got it I guess it's better than Naruto. Like, I like Naruto, but it's weird seeing Naruto with, like, an AK in Fortnite, so... Okay. It's, it's, I mean, that Rossan gun, you know? The Rossan gun. Yep. All right, well, that's all we got to say about that. Get your, uh, on the 20th, get your Levi skin to go with your Titan Piercer dual swords. Um, next up, uh, Xbox One is stopping production. Um... This is uh, just wait. A short Xbox thing. One is the older console. Hasn't it, it already stopped production? No, it, it <laughs> is now. So uh, they said they announced that like towards the end of the year last year. Basically, they were planning on stopping. Uh, the senior director of Xbox console product marketing—that's a long title—says, "Quote: To focus on the production of Xbox Series X slash S, we stopped production for all Xbox One consoles by the end of 2020." Uh, so weird. That is weird. It's also in contrast to the PS4. Uh, looking into the PS4, uh, Sony is going to continue producing the PS4 in the wake of continued PS5 shortages. Uh, they didn't publicly state that they were going to stop doing the PS4, uh, like producing it, but uh, there was an article by Bloomberg in which they claimed that officials familiar with the matter had... Uh, said that there were internal plans to stop producing the PS4 at the end of 2021. Um, so they did, it sounds like they did talk about it, but it sounds like just because PS5 is so hard to find, uh, he, people are still having trouble getting on, uh, getting that, that they are just going to keep going with the PS4 just as sort of a stopgap to be like, hey, oh, you want a PS5? We still got PS4s. Um, seems so weird to me like i understand the xbox one i guess i think i was under the assumption they stopped making them but like i know for a fact you could probably get like an xbox x or s like in the store right now like i could probably go to like a best buy and get one right uh yes so there is thing about that is the verge uh there was an article by the verge that was outlining this they did say that they were having some trouble uh with keeping up with the xbox series x but the X, uh, the Xbox Series S is readily available to be produced, so they aren't having too much of a trouble, and they haven't noticed a huge shortage of the X either. Now, the one is better than the other, right? Like, one's more higher end? I believe the X is more higher end. Yeah, so that makes sense, I guess, but it's not like a whole console behind. Like, it's not, it's not like the PS4 <laughs> to the PS5, where the Xbox One is a whole console behind... And so is the PS4, but like the X and S are just like one's a downgraded version of the other one, like but not by a whole lot. That that's just this is weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see if uh, they can get the PS5 going, and maybe they will get rid of the PS4. But for now, it's here to stay for a bit. 
I don't think anyone wants PS4s right now. If you if you don't have one by now, then what are you doing? I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> maybe you're looking for a cheap console. If they if they do it cheap enough, like that's not a bad idea, especially if you can't yeah. get a hold of a PS5. But also, if you're waiting for a PS5, you're probably not going to get a PS4 anyways. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know who's in the market for it. They got someone running the numbers, I hope, uh, and figuring that this will be a good idea. Sure. <laughs> uh next up final fantasy 14 is coming back soon uh specifically the digital sales will be resuming uh there was a whole uh lodestone or it's the final fantasy 14 forum uh that uh uh yoshida the director yoshi p as we call him and everyone else uh he outlined uh some of the stuff that's happening in the future in the near future i should say uh, they announced an Oceanian, Oceanian, Oceanic, Oceanic. Well, they I said Oceanian in the in the article in the in the uh, Lodestone forum post. Yeah. Oceanic, sure. The data center. We spent enough time on that. Uh, it's going online uh, January twenty fifth. Uh, they're opening five new worlds with it uh, for the Oceanic servers. Uh, they will also be launching a data, the data center travel system with, uh, one of the patch 6.1 patches. Yeah, which uh, is a big thing actually. Cause, it, uh, the, the latest expansion was actually supposed to launch with this. This was like a big thing that they advertised because if you're on, if like I'm on one data center, which is a cluster of servers and you're, you're on a different data center, like a different cluster of servers, we can't interact. Right. But with this new system they're supposed to add, we, were able, we would be able to travel to each other's data centers and play together. So uh, this is big. Yeah, correct. Uh, they they outlined some of the potential issues regarding uh, data centers that are in different regions. They said that it's theoretically possible to go to a different region, but there might be some issues technologically with it, so they're just going to address it as they go. Uh, they're expanding the Japanese data centers. There's plans to expand the North American servers starting in August 22. The reason that's going to take so long is when we report on this last, we mentioned that they had talked about semiconductor shortages, issues with COVID and stuff like that. Uh, that's still going on. So they are going to have some what trouble getting that semiconductors? started. Semiconductors are... Uh, fun little electronic chip things that you need to make computers do a go. <laughs> I don't, I guess uh, this is just a COVID thing. Yeah. It's just, it's just that they can't get some of the parts they need. Basically. Uh, I'm sure my explanation of what a semiconductor is, is bad, but I'm also yeah, not good. in and into that stuff as much as I should be. Uh, there are plans to expand the European servers starting in July, 2022 for the same reason. Uh, there will be digital sales resuming on January 25th. They said that they understand any concerns with server congestion. They're going to be monitoring it and will re uh, suspend sales again if there are any continued issues. Yeah, I mean, they're bringing it back. Like, they, they, they paused it because they were getting such an influx of players and they're letting people buy it again. It's still weird that they stopped people from buying it. It's weird, but I like it. I, I think that it's good that they're able to recognize that people might not get the experience they want when they buy it. And they're just saying, yeah. hey, 
you're what you want to hold off on this yeah but to me like i don't even know if this solved their problem like it, i mean it must have or like the hype died down but like to me whenever an mmo launches a new expansion it just to me it, it means these players who took a break are all coming back to play not necessarily people like people buying it like you can't stop the people who already own the game from playing it so yeah but i think with their popularity uh more people were getting drawn to it and any efforts to kind of stem that tide helps yeah uh last thing here yoshi p had also commented on a live stream on my daily newsflash which is like a sort of uh, live stream that they do to go over some of the news and stuff that's going on with uh, Final Fantasy in general, I think. Uh, he was talking about criticism that the team behind Final Fantasy fourteen has been experiencing. Uh, basically, he had a quote here. He said, uh, if I have one request for me, it's this. Before pressing enter, I'd be happy if you could imagine the face of an unknown developer beyond the screen. Uh he went on to say, I'm not asking for compliments because there are mistakes, but it would be helpful if people thought about how to convey their feelings. Uh, I should mention this was translated from Japanese, but it seems like the core message is in there. Um, uh, this is machine translated, I should say, uh, like Google Translate kind of deal. Uh, the core message there is just like try to chill out on how you criticize people. There's a difference between criticism and uh you know toxicity death threats stuff like that we don't need uh we can we can express express displeasure without going that hard and like attacking someone's character even yeah essentially he's just saying think before you press enter like if you're just upset and mad in the moment like maybe think about it before you say something mean he even said that he doesn't necessarily care what they say about him he's someone who has the mental fortitude to deal with that but it's more about his team and the other people working on final fantasy 14 and just other people in general he says they might not have that sort of mental fortitude i'm kind of paraphrasing there but uh that's essentially what he said at one point was you know some other people might not be able to handle it the way i can and uh what he was getting to was just there is a difference between that criticism just saying i don't like that this is how this is going and just saying that you're an awful person who needs to kill themselves and stuff like that like that's uh unnecessary and doesn't do anything it doesn't change anything other than making them want to stop doing things altogether. and then you don't get the final fantasy 14 that you like you don't get whatever game you're playing that you want to be better that doesn't make it better it just makes it stop yeah, it shows that Yoshi P really cares about the developers and cares about his game and community. Absolutely. Uh, last up here, uh, the Castlevania NFT auction. Uh, we talked last week about this. They were doing an auction on some NFTs they made in memoriam of the Castlevania franchise. Uh, we have total sales here. We have around 162,000 they made. Uh, this was cut by the marketplaces cut, whichever marketplace they use actually uh, took a cut, so they got 157,000 after that. Well, that's not a crazy cut, I guess. But I wonder, was it worth it to just make that much money selling NFTs? 
I mean, 157,000, you know? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, like, does this all go to, like, what, Konami or whatever? Whoever makes... Yeah, this would go to Konami. <laughs> Just could drop in the water for them or something. Yeah, it's not much, but also all they did was poop out some pictures and stuff. Like, they they were pixel art. So... They didn't even poop them out. They probably just... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Highest selling piece here was the Dracula's Castle pixel art. How much would you have paid for that, Beck? Uh, nothing. I'd right-click it. All right. Well, someone answered differently with $26,732 uh, for uh, that little... Crazy collection of pixels there uh we talked about nfts last week there's not much to say other than that's too much for a thing that you can just have yeah i guess that person like i don't know i'm not gonna get into it that's they own the they own the image now and it's worth that much money to them and hopefully whoever they want to sell it to (laughs) you would hope it appreciates in value if anything yeah, it depends if they make a bunch of copies of it, I guess. Who knows? Uh, makes my brain hurt, but hey, people got money. Maybe they shouldn't have money. I don't know. Who's to say? Uh, that's all. That's all. Bunch of short stories. Uh, pretty much all we got. We want to close out uh, talking about some upcoming releases. Uh, I think there's one that you've been waiting for, Beck. Yeah, Pokemon Legends Arceus. It's going to come out on the 28th. So it's the news. It's, it's not like a new region, kind of. It's still the Sinnoh region, but like it's in the past. And it's going to be played differently. Everyone's calling it the Dark Souls of Pokemon because you can roll, the way, <laughs> roll out of attacks, I guess. Well, we've been waiting for the Souls-like Pokemon game. <laughs> yeah, it's got like an open world element to it. Like it's it, like... The, the videos of it, it hasn't had great frame rate, and the areas haven't looked great for a AAA company, Nintendo. But, like, I'm excited for it still. I love my creature collectors, so I'm excited for it. I'm sure millions of people are, too. So, Have you seen any promising gameplay that's made you think, yeah, this is going to be good? It's just different. I don't think it looks like... I'm fine like getting the same Pokemon thing over and over. Like If they just say new region, it's still turn-based, have fun. Like I'm content with that. But like, right. it, like, it doesn't even have like a transition. Like Whenever you go into a battle, you just throw out the Pokemon in the open world, in a 3D open world environment, and they just start battling right there. Um, it's still turn-based and everything, like you would with any other Pokemon game. Uh, so I, I think that's really cool. That it's just right in the open like that. There, there, there's some new stuff they added was like some stances. I think like there's a fast stance and a heavy stance that okay. all Pokemon have, which is different. But I didn't greatly look into it. Uh, there's crafting, so like you can go around and get materials to craft your Pokeballs and use their currency for whatever you need. Uh, you just sneak up on Pokemon, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gonna be different, but I'm sure people like there's gonna be a lot of people who love it like the majority will love it and then you'll have that one percent who are really loud and hate it like everything else in life yeah there you go yeah i mean we'll see uh we might be grabbing it. i know kim's into all the pokemon games so you she usually just hasn't pre-ordered she might have this one pre-ordered honestly mm-hmm. um other game we saw this is actually uh advertised on gdq uh serious sam siberian mayhem 
uh, coming out next Tuesday. Yeah, this one's on our radar. I, on my radar, just because of GDQ, like there's a serious Sam Speed run, and they're just talking about how some modders were doing a mod for their game, and they liked it so much that they're just putting it out as an actual DLC, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah, uh, I mean Siberia or uh, oof, Serious Sam uh, has a pretty huge like cult following. It's not a game that like everyone says is an amazing game, but it is a game that there are just this group of people that just love this game. So it's been there for a while, and people love it. So interested to see this new one coming out. What uh, what they did with it? Yeah, it's. Serious Sam isn't like my cup of tea, but I've I've played it. I've dabbled in it. It's just, it's goofy. It's goofy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good word for it. It's meant to be goofy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those are the main releases we saw. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else that you found as far as upcoming releases go. Uh, some games are pretty TBD right now. Yeah. Uh, the, there's one that's on my radar, and it's Yu-Gi-Oh Master Duel. Uh, I I do play Yu-Gi-Oh every week that I can at my locals here, but um, Master Duel is gonna be an online thing, just like uh, Hearthstone, Hearthstone, just like um, Magic the Gathering or Arena, where it's just like an app you have and you can play your game online, its own like card database. Um, a lot of people think, oh, it's gonna be like Duel Links, which is Yu-Gi-Oh, but on a smaller field. Um, it's it's not. It's gonna be the actual normal Yu-Gi-Oh, just just online, and it's gonna be supported and everything. So we, people have high hopes for it. Uh, it was supposed to come out last year, but it got delayed a little bit. And it's supposed to come out at the end of this month, and it might just be delayed again. So I'm talking about it now. So we'll see. <laughs> we will see. It could just get released in February with everything else. Uh, I've seen a lot yeah, coming up in February. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, um. That's about it for us. Next week, we do already have plans for what we're going to talk about. Uh, there was a lot that happened this week with GDQ, and then we did want to just keep it light and talk about some of that lighter stuff. We don't usually do that, uh, but we are coming back with some more uh, substantial stuff. We know that today, as of recording today, uh, it'll be yesterday uh, when this comes out, uh, there was yes, an announcement. Out, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there will be an announced. Uh, there was an announcement by Microsoft saying that they are buying out uh, Activision Blizzard. Uh, so that's pretty big, and there's a lot to unpack there, and that's why we didn't really talk about it today. But we will be talking about it next week. Uh, also talking about the Riot uh, severance that they announced. Uh, this happened mostly last week, but again, there's a lot to unpack there, and we want to give it its due diligence. Yeah. Uh, and so those are some of the main topics we'll be talking about. Uh, we just didn't have the time and also uh, not just the time for uh, recording, but the time for figuring it all out because there's a lot to dive into. And I wanted to go back and kind of look at it in more detail before we uh, talk about it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot talking about how we're going to be playing World of Warcraft on our Xbox Ones. Yeah, if I have to touch games for Windows Live to play World of Warcraft, I'm never playing that game again. Yeah, uh, it's already in that boat already alone as it is. So I, you know, I can't handle it. Uh, Minecraft broke me when I tried <laughs> to buy it last, and it, it hurt my brain. And I can't handle it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I just can't. Yeah, they so don't. We'll, 
yeah i, I could yeah, go on a we, rant but i'm not yeah so the, we just felt that these games the, these topics will be more suited for their own week and we just wanted to focus on games done quick for the most part this week because i think it's a fun event that always that, that deserves talked about absolutely I think that about does it for us, though. We can go ahead and head out on a positive note and uh, just uh, have a good have a good day. Have a good week. Have a good life, everyone. Yeah, maybe you'll get into speed running and that would be really cool. So have a good day. Just tell us tell tell them about us when you speed run. Remember (laughs) us. Remember us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone.